Welcome back. I'm Mary Parker, and this is Eureka's Sounds of Science. Rachel Kisro works in human resources at Charles Rivers Safety Assessment Site in Reno, Nevada. For her recent sabbatical, she volunteered at the Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Foundation. For volunteers like Rachel, it can sometimes be difficult to know what to say to cancer patients and their families. But as a breast cancer survivor, Rachel knows firsthand how a patient might feel. I was diagnosed six years ago, so that would have been 2012, at the age of 36. Got the mammogram very shortly after that, and then got an ultrasound as well, and then was told by a radiologist that it looks like it was breast cancer. After her lumpectomy, Rachel's doctors were not satisfied that they had gotten it all. After conferring with her surgeons and her family, Rachel decided to undergo a double mastectomy. It was really aggressive cancer, and because of my age, they were worried for that. So the medical professionals and I agreed to treat it as aggressively as we could. So eight rounds of chemo and then radiation followed after that. And I was out of work for about six months. Rachel spoke with us about the advice and comments she received during this time, both helpful and not. There is no universally accepted social protocol for discussing cancer, and it is naturally an emotionally triggering issue for many people. When asked about the most helpful advice she received, Rachel remembered one person telling her to break down her routine into manageable units. They told me, please, take every day at a time. It was getting difficult to just manage coping with what had happened, let alone trying to plan, you know, for everything else. So when I switched my thinking to, okay, we're going to take it one thing at a time. First surgery, okay, done. Now chemotherapy, okay, we're going to take it one treatment at a time. One down, seven to go. One down, two to go. However way to look at it, to to be able to really make it more manageable, not just emotionally, which was a huge part of that, but also just making it more manageable for us on a daily basis. So that was absolutely the biggest and most helpful advice, I think, that I received throughout that time. When it came to bad advice or uncomfortable reactions to her story, Rachel knew that people meant well. Cancer can bring up strong emotions in people who have been affected by it, either through their own experience or that of someone they know. I try to remind myself of this now, being on this end of being, you know, being on the end of being okay and being healthy and in that path, if I ever come upon anybody that's just been diagnosed. You know, it's easy for people to compare what's happened to them or their loved ones to what's going on with, you know, with my case or with somebody else's case. The advice I was getting from folks that didn't really know me very well and that didn't know what was going on with me and would compare me to either their mom or their other loved one and things like that, you know, of course, they're not apples to apples. And I think as cancer survivors, we have to be really mindful of that. The interactions Rachel describes can sometimes be avoided by thinking about what psychologist Susan Silk calls ring theory or kvetching order. When any kind of personal tragedy occurs, the people most affected are in the center ring. In Rachel's case, that would be Rachel. 
The next ring out is her immediate family, her husband and her children. The next ring out from that would be her closest friends and family, and so on. This simple diagram of concentric circles shows which people you can complain to and which people you should only comfort. Complaints can only go outward to the next ring, while comfort flows to the center. The person in the center can complain to anyone, anytime, but no one can complain to her. While this model may be an oversimplification, it is handy as a guide for people in the outer rings who are having a hard time knowing what to say to whom. This sort of social hierarchy can also apply between cancer survivors. Rachel told us about encountering strangers going about their daily lives, and just being able to tell that they were going through the same experience as her. One woman she met while getting gas at Costco. This was a couple years ago. I had had a really tough day that day, just a bummer of a day. And I saw her and I thought, I bet she's going through treatment. I can just tell. And so instead of highlighting that and imposing myself onto the stranger, <laughs> which I, of course, don't want to do. I don't want to make someone uncomfortable. So I didn't give her particularly advice, but I went out of my way to be kind and to speak encouraging words to her without having to highlight anything that she might be going through. Those are the kinds of things I think are helpful. You know, even if it's from a complete stranger, I think it's helpful. Helping and supporting people in the inner circle was also the reigning philosophy during Rachel's sabbatical at the Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Foundation, where she was careful in her interactions with the children and their families. You know, I did a lot of observing of how the staff interacted with the family members as well as the children, of course. The staff's philosophy is they want the children to come back time and again to come visit, to pick out a toy from the toy box and come and visit, and their job is to make them smile. The most affecting aspect of her time spent volunteering was when she saw some of the children get to ring the no chemo bell. When the children were finished with their treatments and celebrating with their families, it was harder for Rachel to maintain her composure. But when she saw the staff working so hard at fundraising and supporting the families, she knew that her time had been well spent. To see them survive and thrive as well was really huge for me to be able to be a witness of that. And I think that's one of the reasons why that sabbatical was so impactful to me in a way that made me want to volunteer even more. And they hold a really special place in my heart that I hope to volunteer with them throughout my life because of that experience. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sounds of Science.